What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode of the Who Raised You podcast with Brandon Michael. I am super duper excited. For those of you that do not know, I am your host, creator, um, the CEO, whatever you want to call me, Brandon Michael himself. And first, I want to take the time out to thank you all for listening to the first episode, and this is the beginning of something very special. Here in the Who Raised You podcast, we talk about everything. We have discussions about everything. I will be having guests on here just so we can have that back and forth connection. You can understand who my association is. And this is just be a fun, interactive environment. Um, so like, comment, subscribe, and all that good stuff. I'll be having the platforms down below. But let's jumpstart this. Let's get right into this. I don't like to waste too much time. First episode. So yeah, we're going to dive right on in. First, I want to preface by saying that... um. Doing this by yourself is extremely interesting because it's like normally when you have a like a co-host or you're having other people on, like you can have that back and forth to even if you make a mistake, they can help pick it up for you. But then when you're by yourself, you're like, oh, my gosh, like you don't know how many times I had to press the delete button to start all over because I'm like, I made so many mistakes. But then I'm like, eh, screw it. You know, it's a podcast. It's the first episode. Who really cares? It's supposed to be a conversation anyway. So what we're going to do, I'm going to dive on in and start by saying what's going on. My name is Brandon Michael. Like I said previously, I'm originally from the Bronx, New York. For those of you that don't know where the Bronx is, it's this nice place in New York. Uh, I know a lot of times when people say, that, oh, you're from the city, they automatically think it's Manhattan. But no, I'm from the Bronx. It's one of the five boroughs, though. Um, very nice place. You go check it out. Um, I grew up right across the street from the Bronx Zoo, actually. So that was very interesting because um, on Wednesdays, my mom always made sure we went we went and did something outside. And by outside, me going to the zoo because that was free day, right? And free day is where it's free day for everybody. So everybody was pulling up. But yeah, so that was a fun time. I, I remember growing up, I wasn't really the outgoing type of person. I really wasn't. I was the type of person that was very sheltered. I didn't like the idea of going outside. I felt like outside was dangerous. I saw some stuff. I, you know, seen people do things. And I was like, wow, this place freaks me out. I didn't even like to go across the street to the park. Uh, so that was a mental barrier for me. Uh, but then I went to high school. And for high school, everything opened up a bit for me. Um, I went to a high school called Fannie Lou Hammer, uh, Freedom High School. And it was right down the road for me. So I was able to just walk. Well, I could have taken the train. I could have took the train, which I did because I had a metro car. Um, but then once I realized, wow, I could just walk there, I'll just walk right to school. And it's a nice little walk, especially for me. I like to like listen to music. So I had no problems taking those walks. But yeah, when I, when I got into high school, that's when it was like, okay, I'm not scared anymore. Like I'm on my tippy toes, but at least I'm engaging myself to be out there. Uh, and that's when I really started to open up my, my wings a little bit and start to show my true potential. And I really thank the like the people there, the staff there. Um, one person in particular, his name was Joshua Poyer. Um, and with Josh, he was one person that really like made sure that I reached my potential. Like he really invested time and years into me to make sure like, no, you're going to be straight. I'm going to put you in a bunch of opportunities. So that way, you know, when it comes time for college or post-college, you're well connected and people know who you are. And you build this type of person of yourself that you can only enhance, not digress. Uh, so I went to Fannie Lou. It really wasn't my first choice. Um, and the reason why I went there is because my mom wanted me to go there because my other two siblings went there previously. Um, so that was something for me because I was always one of, the, one of the people that I wanted to branch out and do other things. I didn't want to be like everybody else. And I didn't want to 
be in a situation based on a reputation of other people. But while I was there, you know, I always believe making the best of a situation. So I was in Fannie Lou. I participated in as much stuff as possible to the point that I even became president of the school. Um, I made some great people, uh, made some great friends, uh, some great people along the way, some of which I don't really talk to, you know, but that's high school. Uh, others I still keep in contact with. It was very cool. But I think the highlight of my high school career was the opportunities, you know, because of people like Josh, people like Venetia, people like Eli, people like a plethora of them, especially like places like the Children's Aid Society. They really helped instill like, you know, the 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 confidence in me to say, yo, Brandon, like you could really do this and you have the potential. You know, they helped me when it came to speaking. They helped me when it come to doing presentations, when it comes to being prepared and apply for everything. Because of them, I was able to go to Germany. Because of them, I was able to be on TV with Madison Square Garden. Because of them, I learned how to just meet up. I met a lot of people in college. Uh, there was a good, it was a good chunk to where I was probably outside more than I was in the classroom. Matter of fact, my senior year, because I was so ahead uh, with my schoolwork and classwork. I'll just be ripping and running the like the hallways, and it, I wasn't doing anything malicious or anything bad. I was just like, let me see what else I could do. So I would hang around Josh. Like the moment Josh clocked in, I was in his office, and I was just because I'm like, I already have the credentials to graduate. It's just a matter of like, what am I gonna do throughout the school day? Because I can't just stay home because they're gonna be like, no, you need to be here. Um, then on top of that, I was the president my senior year, so you know it was just about finding other things to do and trying to get as involved as possible. Then from Fannie Lou, I went to Damon College, um, which was located in Buffalo. Wasn't my first choice, I'll tell you that much. Um, the reason why I went to Buffalo is because back in high school, I had this friend. Uh, his name was Ricardo. And with Ricardo, me and him was real cool. Um, we're still cool. But we was really cool. We used to do a lot of projects together. We got involved in a lot of stuff. And people saw our potential if we stuck together. So they were like, hey, you guys should really stay together in college because you guys could do even more epic things so that was our whole mindset okay we're gonna stay together we're gonna stay together we're gonna stay together and we did stay together for college but when it came to college we had the choices between three schools um we got accepted together for damon college Canisius. matter of fact no Canisius never got back to me like they didn't accept me nor deny me they just never got back um so it was between damon and johnson and wales and miami for me, I was like, bro, we got to go to Miami. Like, Miami is the way to go. And, yeah, we ended up not going to Miami. Ricardo was like, no, we should stay here. But it's just crazy because Miami was offering us the same amount of money that Buffalo was offering us. So I was like, yo, why don't we just do it? But he was like, we could get we could get distracted. I'm like, we could get distracted anywhere. And we ended up doing that, right? During our uh, first year at Damon, it was rough. Um, not rough also because we weren't like, we weren't on our A game, but we weren't prepared as college students. Like, you know, from when we was at Fannie Lou, Fannie Lou was a portfolio school. So when you're at a portfolio school, all you do is write. So we used to write instead of taking tests. Now that's great and all because I had to present and actually articulate if I understood the curriculum. But then when you're in college and all you do is take a test, I didn't know how exactly I'm supposed to be taking tests. I don't know the studying habits. I don't know how to deal with multiple choice. Like I wasn't good at that. The only time I took tests in high school was for the SATs or the regents. 
and that was pretty much it. And even those I did okay with. Um, so yeah, while at Damon, it was it was an up and down roller coaster because um, I was still trying to figure out how to be a college student. Also, while I was at Damon, um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I had my good fun, you know, had my good fun, fell in love. That didn't work out. Um, made some great people along the way, made some great connections, but it was just an up and down roller coaster. And I think for me, the reason why with Damon, I wanted to get out of there is like, I wanted to get out of Damon, like after the first year. But the reason why I stayed is because I'm the type of person where it's like, if I go through all of this, I can't just walk away. And I think for me, that was a very hindering trait that I had because I'm like, oh, I can't quit. But it was like, uh, it's not quitting if you're just finding a different direction for you. And I, I to, to this day, I would have said that if I had to do it all over again, I would have probably not gone to Damon. But I met some great people along the way, and I learned a lot about myself um, by being at Damon. So I'm also very grateful. But yeah, so while at Damon, I studied business, sports management, entrepreneurship, and public relations. Because at the time, I wanted to become a sports agent because I wanted to own my own business and represent athletes and get into that rhythm because I was really heavily into sports. I know I wasn't the best at sports. I know I wasn't even the, the goodest at sports, if that's even a word. But I knew about the game and I knew about the business side and I wanted to learn more about the business side and be an agent. Now, the thing with Damon, um, and I I say this with much respect because there's a lot of them that really helped me out and there's a lot of them that I love. When it came to Damon and the opportunities, it wasn't the opportunities that I was looking for. Like, I felt like I kept getting second best. Um, I felt like I kept getting directed in different directions. And it was ultimately, you know, frustrating to be there. Um, and I think the final nail in the coffin was when they, when I couldn't graduate on time with the rest of my peers. And I actually had to do an extra semester. Um, and I know some, I know a lot of people do a lot extra semesters all the time for whatever situation or reasons. And for me, it was frustrating because I was misdirected because over the course of my senior year, I was going through, I had an advisor that left and then she came back. And then when I had the new advisor, he was only there for me for about two weeks. And then the old one came back. So they weren't really understanding of my situation when it came to my credit you know when we used to sit down and game plan for the next semester one semester i'm doing 17 credits 16 credits 18 credits i think at one point in time i probably did like 21 credits and then the next semester i get dropped down to 12 or 13 and then when i say hey maybe i should pick up more classes i'm going to graduate on time they're like yeah, yeah yeah you'll graduate but then come time my senior year, they tell me, no, actually, you might have to do an extra semester because even if you take summer classes, you don't have enough credits to graduate. So for me, I was already like in a funk, right? I was like, oh, my gosh, like I want to get out to school so bad. I did so much for the school. I got so involved with it. I did dance. I did step. I did president of the student association. I was a manager of the basketball team. I started TV shows. I started like little series and stuff here and there. And the fact that I had to stay an extra semester was like, yo, this is not right. Um, and it, it was emotional for me because I wanted to walk with my peers. And I never did walk. Even when they offered me to come back the following year to grad to walk with the following graduating year, I didn't go because I was like, that's not, no. Um, I just wanted to be done with the school. Like, give me my diploma and then I'll go on from there. 
But even then, I made some mistakes in that aspect too. Um, but that's something that I knew that, you know, at least I, I was able to finish college. You know, for me, I was the first of my siblings to actually finish college. Um, I went away to college for all four years, and I was very grateful about that because from then on, I learned how to be on myself, by myself, how to um, operate, how to be able to take care of myself and actually be a grown-up. So that was pretty fun. But uh, one of the the benefits that I did have during that final semester, because I was already like, yo, I'm out of this place. Like, I don't want to be here no more. To the point that I remember one day, like two days before the semester was about to end, they said, Brandon, you're one credit short. I was like, you guys better find that credit because I'm not about to do that credit. Then it came time for the bill, right? Because they were like, hey, Brandon, like in the summertime when I saw my bill, they were like, oh, it's like 600 bucks. I paid it. Then the, apparently they made a mistake and they were like, oh, no, it's a, another 3000 or $4,000. And I'm like, I'm not paying this. And you guys took way too long to acknowledge that. So by the grace of God, um, some of the staff there, they took care of the bill. And all they told me to do was to be great. So I really appreciate that. I'm not going to put out their name because I don't want, you know, any situation to happen. But, yeah, so during that final semester, for me, I was just like, man, like I've been here for four years and I don't know. What am I going to do? I don't know what's next. I don't know. You know, I feel like I'm not prepared. And for me, I remember I was sitting with one of my teachers and she said, Brandon, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to own my own business. And she was like, you know, you don't got to go to college for that, right? And I'm like, well, this is a pretty stupid thing to be having as a as a major then if I don't got to go to college for it. Uh, but I was like, what do you mean? She was like, when it comes to business. All it's about is finding somebody that has the lifestyle that you're looking for and learning from them. Huh. Interesting. So for, so, so I sat back then. I was like, okay, so I guess I got to start networking and finding people who not only have what I'm looking for in terms of lifestyle. Because for me, I want to own a business to own my time. Um, I didn't want to just, I need to find somebody, one, that had the lifestyle, but then two, also be willing to teach me. So I started networking. I started, you know, snooping around, finding people. Um, and then I stumbled across my friend, uh, my friend, George, who I still work with to this day, we're, we're business partners and George, he made a complete shift, right? I, from how I saw him in college to how I saw him now was two different people. And it's not to say that he changed up. I call it more of like enhanced. Um, he enhanced himself with new information. So he went from a guy that was partying and, you know, having a good time to now he's wearing suits. He's talking differently. I see he's around different types of people. His his brain is wired a little bit differently. And for me, I'm always curious about change, whether it's good or bad. So I was curious, like, hey, what exactly did you do for this change? Like, why? what, what sparked this change? And he was honest. He was like, listen, um, I found these people that were financially flexible within their early 20s. They owned something for themselves, and they were willing to teach me how to do it for myself as well. And for me, I was like... Ding, ding, ding. That's the people I've been looking for. So I was like, hey, can you point me in the right direction? How can I meet these people? And he was like, listen, like, you know, we, we could educate you if you're truly serious about having an opportunity. Now, let me preface this. I'm a broke college student. At the time, I was eating expired cereal because we were broke. Right. I didn't have no money to my pocket, but I knew that I couldn't waste this opportunity. I once heard a, a, a quote. It's like, even if the opportunity is not right for you or even if you don't have the resources to do the opportunity, say yes and then figure it out later. So for me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and I was broke. When I got launched in my business and I started business for myself, I was broke. 
Um, the last funds I had was because m one of my parents was able to scounger up some money um, because I said I needed it. I didn't say what exactly for. I just told them I was broke, and they gave it to me. And that same day, I used the money to get it started in business, and that paid off, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. So I got started in business when I was in t uh, college in the final semester, but I didn't take it as seriously until I graduated. Because, you know, for me, it's like, all right, I got started in business. Um, and I was just like, I'm trying to graduate. I'm really focused on graduating. I didn't really care too much. So sometimes while I'll be supposed to be learning, I'm actually just putting my phone or my laptop to the side and not really focusing on what I have to be focused on. So it was no surprise my business was stagnant. It wasn't until I actually graduated where I was like, okay, now I'm down to this environment with these people. I need to be able to pick up the pace a little bit. Because for me, it was like, it's not the fact of me leaving my business or quitting my business. It's the fact of me being serious about it and actually putting in the work. Because I believe I could do anything. Like, I I believe that if I put 110%, like, nothing is impossible. Everything is obtainable. So, yeah. So, once I graduated, I started to meet them more often on a weekly basis um, to be traveling. You know, whether it was in the Bronx, whether it was in Manhattan, whether it was in Jersey. Did a whole bunch of stuff. But, yeah. Fast forward. Uh, been in business ever since I got, I got involved in real estate during the time as well. Wasn't really a fan of real estate because I didn't like the aspect of business that is shown, right? A lot of people already have this misconception that business is this cutthroat industry. And I'm like, yes, but it depends on who's doing it. Because for me, I always believe that it's not the ideal, the concept that's bad it's the people that's behind it with the intentions. So with real estate, I didn't like the fact that when I was trying to you know, help out people that weren't the most privileged or didn't have the most resources, people will tell me, no, let's focus on the people that have money. I don't roll like that. I'm from the Bronx. I know what it is when I see people struggling. I know what it is when people have to use government assistance to be able to make a living for themselves. That doesn't mean that they're lazy. That doesn't mean that they're less for people. They just need a little more help than others. So for me, that was already a turnoff for me. And I'm the type that if I'm in an environment, I don't care how much money I can make. I don't care how good the job is. The moment I'm unhappy, I'll walk away. That's it. Like, you you won't see me. Um, so I got into real estate, and then I left real estate. Then I started working with this uh, at this pre-approval place. Um, but that ended a little bad and nasty um, due to mistakes on their end. Uh, and I decided to walk away from that. Then from there, um, you know, I had some bumps in the road. It was hard for me to find a job because I was doing, you know, I had my business and stuff and that was picking up. But it was like, you know, outside of that, everything else was kind of crappy. Got into security. Didn't really like that too much um, because with security, it was overnight shifts. And I hate overnights. It was miserable. Like, yeah, the people were cool, but it's hard for you to do something overnight when you have to grow your business, right? Because while you're going to sleep, everybody's just waking up and starting their day. And I remember one of my mentors told me, they was like, listen, when you have a business, you're building something, find something that's simple that you could do. You could clock in, clock out, and then you could spend the rest of your hours getting into business and building your business for yourself. And from then I was like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, around that time as well, I left my mom's house. I was staying with my grandmother for a little bit. Um, that wasn't the most ideal situation, but I loved the fact that it was peaceful and that was the most peace I had 
um, because I was able to just actually sit there and grind. Regardless of what resources I had, I was able to grind, 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 grind. Um, from being in the Bronx after that, I went to the University at Albany. I accepted a position there as a resident director. Um, and what a resident director is for people that don't know, it's a living position to where you're overseeing the students that's on campus, um, the residents, making sure that they're safe, and then you're overseeing the RAs, um, resident assistants. Then from there, I was like, okay, this is cool. like the experience. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I could take this experience somewhere else. So I was like, let me find somewhere that's a little bit better for, for my, uh, you know, I always said I wanted to go to Miami or Florida to get that nice weather. So I, that's what I did. You know, now I'm currently in Tampa. Uh, I work at a university as well, being a resident director. And I also do have my business. Now, from the time that I started my business back in college to now, it's a complete different thing. And my goal is, you know, by the end of this year or the beginning of next year, you know, I'll be financially flexible enough to where I could actually walk away from my job, God willing. Um, and that's not trying to, to trying to blow smoke or anything like that. That's just because I physically believe that I have the capabilities of doing that for myself. So I, I know a lot of people have heard me right now saying a lot about business and business and business like Brandon why did you get into business why I feel like everybody's getting into business um in today's generation and I think it's true and I I love the idea that people are becoming entrepreneurs for themselves and they're believing in that entrepreneurship lifestyle see because a lot of times people look at entrepreneurship like oh you got to own this business you got to sacrifice all this time and yes it is a lot of work but a lot of the things that you could do like it's a simple concept but it takes a lot of work until it doesn't and the reason why people are getting into business now more than ever is because this even take it back to 2020 right when the pandemic hit look how many people lost their jobs for something that was outside of their control it was so heartbreaking to see people that worked at a job for 10, 15, 20, 30, 35 years get cut because the company was like, rather than us sticking by you, we're just going to go um, fire you because it's cheaper to keep you that way. That's that's ridiculous. And for me, it was heartbreaking because there's people out here that was really struggling. Like even to this day, people are still trying to get their feet back up because they, they were so used to this norm of, I know when I'm getting my paycheck. I know how much my paycheck is going to cost. I know what groceries I got to buy. I know how much my bill is going to cost. But it was like, yo, that's wild that so many people lost their jobs over this. and it, and But then let's take away the job aspect. It's like now you also go to people that had to go to their jobs to make ends meet for their family while they didn't even know that the, it was going to be the last time that they actually saw their family member. See, for me, one of my biggest motivations now more than ever is time. And the reason why I got into business and why I continue to stay into business is because I wanted to own my time back. Because I never want to put myself in a situation to where I had to choose between spending time with my family, even if it's their last moment, or having to go to work. Now, there are some people that do like their job. And if you love your job, you love what you do. Because there's some jobs, if I was working there, I'd probably be like, yo, this is a dope job, right? Just to put it out there, if you guys have any connections to basketball operations, you know, let them know to holler at me. Uh, but the, it's just the fact is like, do you have the willingness or do you have the resources to be able to walk away from it if you knew that today was the day you didn't want to work anymore? Like for me, during this pandemic, I had lost my father and my grandfather a month apart. And for me, it was one of the most heartbreaking things because I was like, dang, I wasn't even to spend my last few moments with him. 
because I was up in Albany trying to get my life together, right? And I just thought to myself, man, if I had, if I had just built this or took it a little bit more seriously, would my situation have been differently to where I didn't have to go to Albany? Now, I don't live with regret because I think that we had such a great relationship, right? And, I, and up until the point that he passed, you know, every day I still live with the memories. Every day, you know, it still hits me, but then I use it as a motivation that I have to keep going and keep moving forward. Um, so when people are, are starting to drift towards entrepreneurship and being their own business owners because they're seeing that there's more to life than just working until the day that we die. I don't want to wait until I'm 65 to finally get a, a pension and they say, all right, Brandon, thank you for your service. You know, because on top of that, too, like, yeah, I got a pension, but I can't. I can't pass that down to to the to my future generations. If I have kids or something, they have to start all over. And for me, it's like at least if I own something for myself, I could pass it down. Right. You look at these these famous people like you look at. The McDonald's brand, you look at the Burger King brand, the Starbucks brand, the Amazon brand, you look at Google, all these different companies, they created something to where no matter who's at the head of the table, the family still eats. Perfect example, if you look at the Lakers, the Bus family, they've been running this, that whole Lakers organization for God knows how long, right? But the reason why the kids are taken care of is because what? He was able to, to have something where he could pass it down. Now, does everybody have to be a business-oriented person? No, but are you willing to learn about putting yourself in a better situation? That's the difference. There's a lot of people I work with that I have partnerships with that are not business-oriented people. I myself don't like to consider myself business-oriented. I just like the idea of owning something for myself or building towards something. Because for me, I, I believe I'm a very creative guy. I believe in writing scripts. I like to write books. I like to podcast. I like to just have conversations. But I know that me at my job is very limiting because now I have to map out, okay, I have to go to bed by this time to wake up at this time. And then I have to, my lunch break is at this time. And then I got to go. And it's like, I don't want to do that forever. You know, for me, I'm 25 right now. And for I'm very young in this world. But just because I'm very young in this world don't mean I have to have this whole big of experience to be tired of what I'm doing in my current situation. Because for me, I look at life as not just working. I look at it as exploring the world, building new experiences, meeting new people, having a good time, actually looking forward to waking up in the day, waking up when I feel like it. You know, I'm very grateful because I have mentors, you know, and I have people that's helping me and guiding me that have those type of lifestyles. And they're so much happier. Are they the richest people in the world? No, but they have their time. See, if I, and on top of that, it's passive, Right? There's a difference between owning a business and having a passively ran business, right? Because a lot of people that run businesses where they have to be there every single day. Be there every single day. Clock in, clock out. They have that that train is going. You don't see if you don't see them there, that means the store is closed that day. So yeah, they have a, a bunch of businesses, but they have to physically still be there. So it's like you're at a job, but then you're just working more hours and it has your name on the storefront. But when you have a passive business, that means it's also like you don't have to physically be there for the money to be made. And I love that because even if, say, for example, I was making $100,000, there's a difference between making $100,000 at a job and $100,000 passively. Because $100,000 at a job, I have to wake up at this time. I have to be there at this time. I have to do these amount of activities to make that $100,000. But when you're making something passively, 
$10,000 a month, people, anybody can live off that. A good chunk. $10,000 a month. Whether you have one kid, whether you're married, whether you're single, $10,000 a month, you can live off that. Now, if you wanted to splurge a little more, then obviously you're going to, you, you will want a little bit more. But $10,000 a month, that's livable. That's $100,000. And it's passively. You don't have to do anything. It's already made. Why? Because you did all the groundwork in the front end. You spend those, you sacrifice those years, year and a half, two years, three years to make sure you can have the lifestyle now. That's why a lot of people, they get happy when they know they have choices. And that's that's what it is. When it comes to our life, our choices are made based on our financial resources. Because, yeah, you could say, oh, I don't need to have this job. I could just be free. Yeah, you could be free, but you could be free and broke. And that's the reality of it. But when you look at your limitation, okay, I got $100. Mm, what can I do today with $100? Mm. All right, I could go to this store. All right, that's $25. Okay, now I got $75 left. Oh, they took tax off? Oh, my God. Now I'm going down to maybe $74.50. Oh, man, let me. All right, now I'm going to hang out with some friends. Oh, how am I going to get there? Let me go Let me go to an Uber. Mm, Uber said $20. Right? That's the reason why a lot of times when... We have this instinct whenever we're about to go out, we're about to pay for something, we always check out our accounts first to make sure we got it, even though we know we have more than enough. But it's that perception because of the fact that we're like, oh, I'm not at a place where it's comfortable yet to where I don't have to look at it. Now, for me, I'm a very organized person because I love to have the idea of understanding my finances better. But even when I know I have it, I still want to check my accounts. Every day I wake up and check my accounts just to make sure it's still there. Oh, my God. Okay. I got money. Hmm. But it's interesting. So I I think when it comes to the stigma and, and there's a stigma, I I preface is a stigma because a lot of stuff happening on the rise, right? There's a lot of business owners on the rise. There's a lot of people are doing different things, right? Some people are doing stocks, some people are doing trips, some people are doing fitness, some people are doing whatever the case may be, right? All good. All I would say, you know, a lot of these places are they something I prefer? No. Right. Everybody has their own their own niche. Right. But the reason why a lot of people get bad taste in their mouth when they think of certain platforms is because the people that are they have bad ethics and morals. Right. They do stuff in a shady way to where now people are like, yo, I can't believe I signed up for it. I can't believe I got into business with this type of person and now I feel shady. So, yeah, you know, I get it. I've 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 invested money, a, a huge portion of money, trying to go into this platform or do this and do that, and it didn't work out. And I was like, Yo, what the heck is going on? So then, when I remember when I was getting started in this business and I was getting started for myself and I was building something up, I was really hesitant at first because it wasn't because of the concept; it was because of the people. I wanted to make sure I was around quality people, right? People that actually took the time. You know, I don't like when somebody is like. Oh, yeah, just send me an email. I'll respond back to you in two to three business days. Two to three business days, my question's already gone. No, I want to be able to have that access to you. Not like it's a 24-7 thing, but I want to at least know, like, man, if I need to call this person, they're going to pick up, right? And one of the things uh, for me, and I, I told this story a lot to my mentors, um, when I first met them, I respected them as business owners. But then as I got to know them, I respected them as a person. And one of the prime examples was when I was in college, a few of them came up to Buffalo to meet me, right? And we sat there. We had 
uh, ramen noodles. That was my first and only ramen noodle experience. And we just sat there and had a conversation. For me, that was the, the biggest thing in the world. I'm like, man, these people really don't have to be here. But they're choosing to be here because they, they see that there's something potential in, in these young men. These are young men that want to grow, right? And then over time, they show different experiences to me to where I was like, wow, these people genuinely care about me. Even if there was times where they just invited me out to do something and it had nothing to do with business, they was like, Brandon, we just want you to be here. Just hang out with us. That's the biggest thing in the world for me. So for me, even with the business, even when I go up and down in business and there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm in a slump, I'm like, ah. Oh. But I'm loyal to these people, man. I'm loyal. I'm I'm gonna stick by them because I have no other choice. Um, I think that I and I think to this day the reason why I have a lot of what I've had is because of people like them. Because they didn't give up on me. So now when I see other people and I'm helping other people, I carry that same message. You know, when it comes to association, right? And this is gonna be like the final topic for today's episode. When it comes to association, people really undervalue it because. Two things, right? Your association tells you, one, who you are, and two, what you tolerate. Now, a lot of people, and, and even if you say, oh, you, you disagree with one, there's another one that you still probably fall under. And second, and people get the most offensive when it says, oh, my friends are not a definition of who I am. Why wouldn't they be? Because what are you so ashamed about, about what they do that you're around? Why do you? Why are you so disgusted if I compare you to your friend saying that that's not you? For me, I, if somebody said, "Man, you remind me of your mentor. You remind me of your business owner, yeah, your business partner." I like, yeah, that's that's a, I like that comparison. Yeah, I, I don't like that. But then there's some people out there when you be like, "Yo, you remind me of Sheila, or you remind me of Ashley." Oh, don't no, mm-mm, I am nothing like her. I am nothing like her. Mm, well, you said that like being like her is a bad thing, right? But then we go back to what you tolerate. Right, because a lot of people that hang out with to- with toxic people know that they're not bad for them, but then you see what they're doing, you're like, oh, I'm gonna just tolerate it because you know I'm gonna be a good friend. No, you know that it's toxic, and you know that's negative behavior. So why are you allowing yourself to still be in that space? See, one thing I learned when I got into business, it was bigger. Than- I learned more outer business experiences and lessons than actual business lessons. And the first thing I learned was association. Number one, when it comes to your association, you make standards and you don't make exceptions towards them. Right? A lot of times people get upset at the world for the people that they let in their lives. And I'm like, you chose those people. You know that they that they showed you red flags a long time ago, but you decided to stay. So for me, I stopped making exceptions. I started understanding, like, you know what? Yeah. If you're not a right fit, I'm going to love you from a distance. I'm going to wish you the best until you could change up your act a bit. And I'm not saying you have to change for me. No. Be who you are because everybody fits with somebody. But for me, I can't have those type of people around me. It's not good for me, right? And I started to notice that over time. So now the people that I associate myself with, there's a few things I want to make sure. Like, are they good people? What do they have going for themselves? Do they add value in a sense? And I'm not looking for anything, but I just want to make sure when we have a conversation, it's quality conversation. Or are we just talking about gossip or what? This person is mad at this person. This person dated this person. This Nobody got time for that. We're not in high school. We're not in college no more. I don't care. I'm trying to. I'm trying to tr- be positive in this world. That's why when you look at my Instagram and stuff, and when you see me posting, I like to post positive stuff. Am I always 
is is my world 100% positive? No, but I pick and choose who I tell it to. I pick and choose when I have an issue and say, I'm going to tell it to this person. I'm not going to tell it to the world. Why? Because number one, if someone is out, if someone else is having a bad day and I just posted something negative, now it's going to amplify their bad day. Number two, why am I going to be posting stuff to people that are probably not qualified to help me? See, a lot of times the reason why we get crappy advice is because we get advice from everybody about everything. Meanwhile, they have no experience in it. And because they're probably so messed up as well, you guys are just bouncing off traumas. So it's like a, it's like a trauma tennis a tennis match because you're just bouncing off of one another. So for me, I pick and choose who I, who I tell my struggles with or my challenges with because I know, number one, they're going to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. On top of that, they're going to give me solutions or how I can overcome this situation. And that was up to me to make that leap. And it kind of goes into mentorship, right? A lot of times people are like, oh, mentor is somebody that's going to guide. Or mentor is somebody that tells you what to do. No, they don't tell you what to do. When it comes to mentors, these are people that are saying, listen, this is what you want to achieve. I can help you achieve it faster for yourself. Do you want to learn? Are you willing to, you know, here's my recommendations. But then it's completely up to you because you're a grown individual. Even with my business, if I decide to take my business left, that's completely up to me. They can't tell me to do nothing. Like, they can't stop me. They're going to be like, man, I wish you would stay back in this direction, but they can't stop me. But it's good that you have that freedom to. So even when I work with people now, I tell them, listen, at any point in time, you feel like this is not for you or you feel like business is not for you, let me know. I'm not going to, you know, I will do my best to give you input and help you as much as possible. But outside of that, it's like it's completely up to you. And that's how it should be with a lot of um with your association, when it comes to people guiding you or anything, anything in life. You know, one thing um, my father used to tell me was, nobody, you're not required to have a relationship with anybody. You're not required to. Um, let them treat you, you, you should let them treat you how you want to be treated, and they should have enough respect to treat you like that. And I was like, you're absolutely right. But then for me, also, it's also about having a, a caring heart and also about being a resource for people that really want you to be there. And I remember one conversation vividly that I had with my father. And I said, listen, man, you're there for everybody. Like, you make sure that you make yourself available and have conversations with people that are looking for a conversation or need a, a, a shoulder to cry on or they just need to have a good talk with you. And I said, why? He was like, your life is yours to live, but that doesn't mean you have to keep it to yourself because there are people out there that need you. And from then on, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So for me, I try to be as uplifting as possible for people. And when you need, and when somebody needs to talk, I'll be there to talk. But then at the same time, I was like, also, what are we talking about? Because if we're talking about the same issues or the same problem over and over again, that means you got to start reflecting on what role you're playing in this, Right. I would love the fact that people, I would love if somebody came to me every day with a different problem as opposed to every day with the same problem. Because at least every day with a different problem, that means that they're doing something, they're progressing in some aspect and something else just needs to be progressed as well. But if it's the same problem over and over, that means you're either not listening to the advice that's being given to you or you're doing something that shouldn't be done. And that's the reality of it. That's really the reality of it. So 
I think today was this was a great this was a great like I am excited about the potential of this show. I am excited. Um, a lot of stuff is going to be happening, um, and I'm I'm very excited about um, the direction of this. I think that this is opening up the floodgates for a lot of different things to be happening. Um, 